morning to another three-hour jamming show. David Essel Live, America's positive radio talk show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across this great United States on iHeart, Clear Channel, Premier Radio Network. David Essel in the box with you, ready to rock. And, oh, my God, we have an amazing show lineup. When I tell you the guests in a minute, you're going to absolutely love it. Rockin' they wear airwaves for the past 24 years, and right now for the past number of years with uh, Clear Channel Premiere. And welcome aboard. Oh, my Lord, welcome aboard. So many things to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to go to first right away to an email that I got. I'm sure it was uh, in reference to Robin Williams. And later on in the show, we'll be talking to an expert on grief uh, and grieving. And we'll find out what he has to say about that. Of course, that's really in the news. But um, on a talk show this week, and I'll tell you the talk show I was on, a very good friend of mine, uh, Ali Laprete, on a talk show this week, um, you were talking about codependency and mental disorders are often tied together. Please explain, like with the topics of suicide, depression, addiction, etc. And I will. And this is something that a lot of people miss when we talk about the power of codependency as in our words, in our belief system, the number one addiction in the world. How does that tie in to um, other addictions and mental disorders like depression and suicide. We'll get into that. And I'll answer that question in, in, in just a couple minutes. Let me tell you our lineup, our guest for this Saturday evening. David Kessler, co-author with Louise Hay of You Can Heal Your Heart. I want to really get into the, the conversation with David. Uh, he's worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. As a matter of fact, their books, are it's an anniversary release of several books he did with her. But we're going to talk about... Robin Williams, and when you lose someone to suicide, how do you grieve? And so many people on Facebook writing about how it's a a sign of weakness. We're going to talk to him about that, how it's a selfish move to commit suicide. We'll talk to David about that as well. Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum is back, author of the book Real Cause, Real Cure. 27 million adults in the United States of America alone suffer from arthritis. What to do? He always has some great advice. And then Greg Braden is back, author of the book, The Turning Point, Creating Resilience in a Time of Extremes. We're going to talk about how to become resilient when you lose your money, uh, how to become resilient when you're living a life of chaos, how to become resilient when we're looking at the global warming and the wars around the world. Greg is always uh, chock full of information, but I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're with us. If you want to get a hold of us, 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK is the number. Or text us during the show, 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. And as we always say to the texters, you know, text people are so into instant gratification, right? You send someone a text, you really do expect them to text back within seconds. It's amazing. And the same thing happens on the show. We get texts in all the time. And then a little while later, 30 minutes later, someone will retext and say, hey, did you get my earlier text? I'm waiting for your answer. (laughs) Doesn't work that quickly here, but we'll get to as many people as we can. Absolutely. So the question was, on a talk show this week, you discussed codependency and mental disorders are often tied in. Please explain, like with suicide, depression, addiction, etc., yeah, so my really good friend, Ellie Laprete, hosts a radio talk show right here on iHeart as well. And in there, we were talking about, like, in my experience with my clients in my own life, and I can't say for sure for Robin Williams, but my guesstimation is this had a role 
in the taking of his life, too. Codependency is that craving to be liked, to be, ex- to be accepted, to be admired by others. That's really codependency, one form of it. And the other side of it is just the opposite. It's, a fear, it's a, the, the, the fear of um, judgment and rejection and failure which is huge, right? Our identity, the codependent's identity is often tied into something that they are, like their identity is to be a parent. Their identity is to make a lot of money. Their identity is a uh, comedian. Their identity is a radio talk show host. Their identity is an athlete. Their identity is a bodybuilder. Their identity is to be overweight and to laugh at the humor of being so overweight. Whatever it is, the codependent craves attention, affection, acceptance. They fear rejection. They fear judgment. They fear being abandoned. And they fear probably one of the biggest things they fear is losing their identity. So we escape through by trying to fill this void, this fear, this insecurity. We escape the loneliness with alcohol and drugs and food and sex and spending and gossip and power and greed and all of these different things, right? We just, we we have to find a way out. So when someone is being a parent and their life is frazzled, they feel at peace. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying it's real. When someone is an actor or an athlete or a musician, as long as they're doing their craft or a public speaker, a therapist, a doctor, a dentist, a manager, a salesperson, as long as they're doing their craft, and they feel successful, they're at peace. But when they get off the stage, when they come home at night, is where the challenge is. And that's when we're not doing whatever our quote-unquote identity is. The kids go to bed, and mom and or dad drink, or they eat food that they don't need, or they gamble or watch TV forever to numb themselves out. So how codependency is so uh, intertwined with mental disorders is that the brain gets exhausted The pathways in the brain get exhausted. The serotonin, dopamine, GABA, everything is interfered with when they're not in their identity. And all of a sudden they're alone with their own thoughts of insecurity, failure, the potential of failure. And over time, these worries, this anxiety wears the brain down and we start reaching out for more and more of whatever it is we use to numb ourselves. And eventually there's not enough of anything, alcohol, drugs, money, sex, spending that can fill the void. And we hit deep levels of depression, deep levels of anxiety. And that is a co-dependent tie-in with addiction, depression, anxiety. It's a mental, emotional exhaustion. On Facebook, go to Facebook and and, uh, just look for my name, David Essel. If you scroll down several days ago, I wrote about how codependency had such a huge negative effect on my life. And I didn't even know that that was the root cause of it. The root cause of all addiction in our work, we believe, is some form of codependency. Now, another form of codependency is the savior, the victor, the one who wants to go and save the world. And when they're not out there saving the world or saving people or saving their partner or their children, they don't have an identity. And then they struggle. So it's a very, very deep issue. If you need more information on this, if this is ringing a bell, Email me at talkdavid.com, and we'd be more than happy to try to help you out. Of course, there's other factors involved with deep depression, anxiety, uh, even suicidal thoughts, suicidal contemplation. But one of the biggest ones that no one talks about, which is why I brought it up on Allie's show, is codependency. It is massive. It is huge. And so email me at talkdavid.com if you want more information on that. 
I'd be more than happy to help you out. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us, 941-266-7676. Lots of emails, lots of texts coming in. Um, oh, my gosh. How, okay, here's one. How'd you get your start in talk radio? I'm 19 in college and just switched my major to communication. I love that. You rock. Uh, what would help one tip help a couple create deeper love? We are 29 dating for two years. Love to get to that. Just graduated college and start my first job teaching high school next week. I'm scared. Help. <laughs> oh, I'm not laughing at you with you. That is a scary thing. How I got my talk and start or my start and talk radio. I've mentioned it before on the air. Uh, and I'll get into a little bit here right now, but it was, it was really simple. I was asked to voice a commercial. A friend of mine had a new product coming out, and he wanted to run radio ads, and he liked my voice as a motivational speaker. And he said, hey, could you go in and cut this spot? So I went into the station, cut it in one take, never been into a radio station before, cut it in one take, and when I walked out, the sales manager runs out to the parking lot and says, hey, I – Heard this spot in there. Were you the guy that just did that? And I go, yeah. And she said, in one take. I said, yes. She said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a motivational speaker. She said, would you like to host a radio show? Isn't that wild? I'll tell you the rest after this important me- these messages coming up right now. But isn't that wild? It's like that's why we say to people, when you're going after goals, be open-minded. If someone gives you an offer and you don't even know what it's about, go and try it. Take risks. Don't be so safe. Get out of the box. Start a relationship. Leave a relationship. Go into the gym when you feel overweight. Live now. Everything that you could want to know is at TalkDavid.com. Much more to come. I'm David Essel. Stay there. in just three hours, your life can be radically changed. Hi, I'm iHeartRadio host and author David Essel. Every month, we offer a low-cost, three-hour seminar that you can join from anywhere in the USA for only $27. Our life-changing topics range from financial freedom to love and relationships, as well as our motivational seminar, Change Your Life Now. Visit TalkDavid.com. That's TalkDavid.com right now. And sign up for only $27. Need toner? The Toner Kings sells all leading brands of toner cartridges to hundreds of businesses across the country. And Fortune 500 companies like Lockheed Martin, American Red Cross, and Excellus Blue Cross, just to name a few. Just head online to thetonerkings.com. Order toner and save up to 60% off dealer pricing with their 100% guarantee. You can try a new cost-effective toner solution with no risk. Visit thetonerkings.com. Mention you heard this ad on XM Radio and get an additional 20% off your first toner order. Have you ever wondered why you struggle with money or why creating deep love is so challenging or why losing weight and keeping it off is such a struggle? Hi, I'm iHeartRadio host and author David Essel. For 22 years, we have helped thousands of people figure out the why to their life challenges and then create a plan that leads to lifelong success. If you're ready, contact me at TalkDavid.com today. Our one-on-one sessions are so effective that you will absolutely create the life you desire. And programs begin as low as $100. One-on-one with me, David Essel, at Talk. David.com. Clients who have worked one-on-one with Master Life Coach David Essel are learning how to change their lives. Just three years ago, I went through David Essel's life coaching program, and I started my own business. Since then, it's blossomed into a worldwide audience through the University of Moms. I've written two books, and I have a business I really love. Thanks, David, for all your support. 
You rock. Client success has come from focus and accountability with David, and the same can happen for you. Life coaching programs start at under $200, so visit talkdavid.com. That's talkdavid.com. What do you really want out of life? What would make you really happy? I'm David Essel, author of the new free book, The Power of Focus, yours at talkdavid.com. We're giving away 1 million copies of The Power of Focus free at talkdavid.com. You deserve your desires. Get your free book, The Power of Focus, today at talkdavid.com. For 21 years, positive talk radio equals David Essel alive. Listen on XM 168 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Life is short, and it's getting shorter every day. Are you finished procrastinating over your biggest goals in life? Would you like to finally make a lot more money or lose that extra fat to create more success and actually feel more successful? It's time to stop talking about goals and actually achieve them. Master Life Coach David Essel can help you accomplish your biggest goals in life. David is the one to help you right now. Let's change your life. Visit TalkDavid.com today. That's TalkDavid.com. Would you like to learn the secrets of the most successful people in life to radically change your life and then help others do the same? Hi, I'm David Essel. Since 1996, we've been teaching people from all over the world how to become certified life coaches. These classes can be done in person or via teleconference from anywhere in the USA, and we even offer these life-changing courses via a one-on-one option. Our certification is so effective that it's the only one offered in the USA on a college campus. Visit lifecoachuniverse.com. That's lifecoachuniverse.com. Let's face it, it's really hard to make major life changes by ourselves. How many times have we said that we're ready to make more money, stop procrastinating on our goals, get into shape, or maybe even go deeper on our spiritual path? Yet we woke up today, and again, nothing has changed. For 25 years, Master Life Coach David Essel has helped thousands of people accomplish their biggest goals. They finally transform their lives. Now it's your turn. Visit TalkDavid.com. Work one-on-one with Master Life Coach David Essel. Talk david.com You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Coast to coast every Saturday, celebrating 24 years on the air, broadcasting live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California with... Nathan and Tricia in the box, 1-800-548-TALK if you want to chat, 1-800-548-TALK or join the text in masses, 941-266-7676, text us 941-266-7676. So nice to have you on board. So I'll tell you in another show more about my introduction to talk radio, but the most important thing is go, act now. 800-548-TALK. What would be one tip to help a couple create deeper love? We are 29, dating for two years. I'll tell you what. Here's the sound so simple, but it has a profound effect on all relationships. Read together at night. I've helped couples where there's been an affair recover love by simply doing, well, a lot more than this, but this is one of the major things that they did was that they decided to create space at night to read together. I'm working with a couple that's in their late 20s. You guys are 29, so not far off from you, 
who have been doing this for about four or five weeks now, and they continue every week in working with them. They continue to just to be shaking their head and saying, oh, my Lord, this is so awesome. Couples in their 60s and 70s that I work with are doing it, and the same thing. You know, they, and it doesn't take long. It's like 15 minutes a night before you go to sleep. Take, I'll give you two options of books to read. There's billions, of course, but uh, take a few minutes, maybe take turns reading. One person read one page, one person read the next. But it's a bonding exercise that really works. Uh, Five Love Languages by the author's name is Chapman is a favorite for couples looking to um, get to know each other better. Bond Deeper, Five Love Languages. And then the other one is The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, who we've had on the show here. The Four Agreements. So check that out. You can't go wrong with either of those books. 800-548-TALK. Text 941-266-7676. I just graduated from college and start my first job teaching high school next week. I'm scared, help, emotionally I'm a wreck. (laughs) I know. And that's okay. Now, this is going to surprise you. Number one, be prepared. If that means calling another teacher for tips on your specific school, on the students, on anything, do that. Like, be prepared. You start in a couple days. So this would be a great day to make a call, and I know you're listening. Um, have clothes for the week set out. And I mean this sincerely. I, my mom made me do this. And, and now I do it the night before still. I still do it the night before. But when you look through your closet, if you have everything set out Monday through Friday so you don't have to worry, be anxious, and think, life will be so much easier. Right Next next tip is going to be write out what you're nervous about. Like get in touch with it. Write out what you're nervous about. And then instead of using the word nervous when you talk to your friends or your family or yourself, use the words overly excited. There's a huge difference. The mind picks up this vibration if you're overly excited about something or if you're nervous about something, right? Huge difference. Are you nervous or are you overly excited? When you start talking in terms of being overly excited, it doesn't sound as bad, does it? You know, and and then the last thing that I have all everyone I work with in business do and a teacher is in business for themselves, basically is write an intention for your audience. So in this case, it would be for your students. Write an intention. Something maybe like that they achieve their highest potential through the work in my class. Something about them, not you. Something about them, that they're touched, that they're moved, that they exceed their own expectations with their grades. Does that make sense? If you follow these steps, and and listen, if you're listening to the show and you know someone who's going to start talking or teaching... This year, tell them to come and listen to the segment. All the shows are archived at talkdavid.com. So as of 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight, if you have friends who are teachers, my Lord. And then once the shows are there, they're up forever. Um, oh, here's this is an interesting one that we haven't talked about before. How many mentors have you had in life and where did you find them? So let me think about this. The very first mentor that I, well... I'm, I'm going to go past um, my my childhood. I had a bunch of mentors in childhood, but my very first mentor in college was my counselor, Carl Shantzis at Syracuse University. He was really the first guy that, that from uh, outside of being a kid and looking up to neighbors or something like that, he was the first one that um, he actually created at Syracuse University when I was there. He created my own degree. It was wild. 
he he saw my potential. He knew I didn't want to go into teaching. He knew I didn't want to go into the traditional field of of health. So he created a degree, and I was the only one in the degree. <laughs> it was called Health Selected Studies, and he got it past the board. And I was the only student in it, and I graduated, of course, at the top of my class. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, my next mentor I can remember is Richard Gerson, and he has since passed way too young. He passed way too young. But that was through a work environment, and he's the guy that encouraged me to go back for my master's degree in sports psychology, exercise marketing. He, was, he had a huge, huge impact on my life. I love the man. As a mentor, Steve Block, another of my mentors that passed way too soon. Soon, I met him through work um, at conferences and through Richard Gerson, believe it or not. Joe Cerulli, who still is my mentor to this day. I met him at a fitness conference in the 80s. And, and then the last one I can think of off the top of my head would be Harv Ecker, the, the author of the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, uh, an amazing mentor of mine who in a very short period of time rocked my world, just rocked it. Love it. Love it. Love it. 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Text us 941-266-7676. On Facebook last week, you discussed your own greed in life and how it created financial chaos. Is your story unique? No. Oh my gosh. No. Greed is all around us. And how it happened for me was uh, it was in the in around 2007, I was coaching 70 real estate agents a week. Every week I had 70. It was 30-minute sessions. I don't know how many a day, but, oh, my Lord, it was on fire, right? And because the, the, the real estate market was booming across the USA, um, I got some inside tips on amazing deals. And I bought the first one, a big-ticket item, bought it. Thought it was phenomenal. It was just a few months later that I was convinced I needed more. Uh, got another one a little while later, got more, and started thinking I'm going to start flipping this. You know, this is when the flipping craze was. So, yes, that was my greed. And it ended up being an absolute financial mess. But when I looked at it a couple of years later, at the time, I think I just knew I made a mistake. That was the bottom line. I knew I made a mistake. I had purchased more than I really could have afforded. I didn't blame the mortgage company. I didn't blame the real estate agents. I didn't blame anyone. I just said, man, I made a mistake. But a number of years later, when I was speaking about this very topic at a conference, uh, someone asked me, what was the cause of my financial challenge? And it just popped out of my mouth, greed. And the audience was stunned. You know, here's this motivational speaker, motivational expert who's saying he's greedy. And then she asked me to elaborate, and I went into the real estate story, and it dawned on me I was being honest. I was just being unbelievably greedy. Like a little wasn't enough, and then quite a bit wasn't enough. I had to have more. And I know a lot of us make that mistake. Keep your eyes on what you spend and what you can afford. Don't get greedy with money, objects, food, alcohol, whatever it might be. Hey, coming up in a couple minutes, David Kessler, one of my favorite guys in the world to bring back all about grief, co-author of the book, You Can Heal Your Heart. We're going to talk about grieving and suicide, how to process when someone commits suicide. We'll talk about Robin Williams. Absolutely. So glad you're with us. Everything is at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. Kept tumbling down in the city that we love. 
Finding Peace After Breakup, Divorce, or Death. And also this week, the anniversary edition with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on grief and grieving and life lessons. We're going to be talking about grieving. Robin Williams took his life this week. We're going to talk about that. Who could be better than David Kessler to bring this up? The the causes of suicide, how to process someone's suicide, grief, anger. And and later on in, in our short interview, I always wish we had more time in our short interview, we're going to talk about is there a bigger picture? Is there an esoteric bigger reason for something like suicide than, than what we might think at this level? David, great to have you back. Hey, always great to be with you. Yes. Oh, my gosh, my man. Congratulations on the two anniversary editions. Thank you. You know, uh, Elizabeth uh, Kubler-Ross's anniversary of her death is coming up August 24th, died 10 years ago. Hard for me to believe it. Her absence is always very loud in uh, my life. And I love that uh, Simon & Schuster is releasing these beautiful anniversary editions of uh, her first book on death and dying, and the two we wrote together, Life Lessons and on Grief and Grieving. So uh, it's wow. nice. There's a new forward by Maria Shriver in one of them and on Grief and Grieving, and I think people are going to love the new editions. I'm sure of it. Ten, I, you know what? When you just said that, I had no idea it's been 10 years either. I know. Time that, flies. That she passed. It? Oh, it does, David. My Lord. Hey, quickly, before we go into this whole topic of suicide, how did you meet Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? I was uh, going to be uh, at a speaking engagement at an international conference on death and dying in Egypt. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was the main speaker back in 1995, and she had a stroke on Mother's Day and had to cancel. So I ended up going to this conference. So after the conference, the person who had arranged the different speakers, we were chatting after I got back from Egypt, and I said, so how's Kubler-Ross? And she goes, I don't know. I don't know how to make those calls. What would I even say to her son? And I told her, here's what you'd call, and you'd say to her son, and she goes, can you just do it? And I went, sure. And I called her son, (laughs) and I talked to her son, and I said, you know, how's your mother doing, et cetera? And he goes, here's her number. Call her. She's, you know, recovering after the stroke. Here's her number. And it's funny. I had this phone call with her. I told her who I was, that, you know, loved her for years, had been studying her, all that kind of stuff that you would imagine. Yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, you know, she'd asked me how Egypt was in the conference. At the end of the conversation, I said to her, well, Elizabeth, 
I'm so sorry, you know, we didn't get to meet each other and our paths didn't cross, and I hope someday that will happen. And she said to me, how about Tuesday? (laughs) And you know what made me realize? I was talking to a woman who made things happen. Right on. She wasn't sort of mamby-pamby, maybe it'll happen someday, I'm so detached to anything good. She was, you know, Tuesday works. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting, I went to see her that Tuesday, and uh, I walked in, and it's very funny, she said, let me smell you. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, let me smell you. I can smell phony balonies. And I went, oh, okay. And, you know, I sat down and she's like, let's just see. And she said to me, I'm retired. I'm not doing anything. If you want anything, don't bother. I'm not doing anything anymore. And I later learned how people had sort of used her so much in her later years. Okay. You know, and she had gotten sort of very protective about that. Yeah. And then, and then you ended up you ended up writing what two books together? Absolutely, that was the joke of it. I mean, the joke of Elizabeth was <laughs> I, I was working on my first book at that time, and I wasn't going to ask her for anything, and sure. she couldn't keep her hands off of it. Oh that, my that gosh. was the funny part of it. Yes, that is so good. And then uh, I was writing the second book, Life Lessons, and it didn't sell. The publishers didn't want it. I wanted to write this amazing book about the lessons we learn from people who are dying to apply them now while we're still young. Publishers wanted nothing to do with it. I was talking to Elizabeth, and I said, yeah, no one wanted it. And, you know, and she said, well, something was missing. And I went, well, clearly, Elizabeth, something was missing. No one bought the book. <laughs> and uh, she goes, well, it was missing me. And I go, what? I'd interview you. And she goes, no, I'll write it with you. I mean, I would have never asked. No, yeah. And yes, when she that's... offered, I, you know, and of course, the book sold the next day. Sure. So. Oh, that's so good. What a great story. What a great. Hey, hey well, you know, Robin Williams uh, touched so many millions upon millions of people. When, when his suicide came up, of course, we got deluged with people's comments all over the place. And, and I wanted to see from your perspective um, the causes. When someone goes down that path, what are the most common causes that would make people go to that level? Obviously, they're in great despair. But what, what do you see about Robin and other people that take their lives? Well, you know, it's a, it's a complex issue. And, you know, Robin Williams himself had said that, you know, suicide is a permanent problem to a temporary solution. Those were his words himself years mm-hmm. ago. So it's interesting that he would choose that. And you know, as well as many of your listeners, when people are in just, you know, a number of ways we could go. We could look at the depression. When people are in depression, sometimes they can't see a way to get away from the pain. And we have to understand, he didn't want to leave his kids. He probably didn't want to leave his life. He wanted to get away from the pain. Right. And sometimes in depression... That's the only way you can see because your focus has become so narrow. The other side to the story is that, you know, he was dealing with Parkinson's. Well, the reality is a lot of people, when they fear their body's going to deteriorate and they look ahead to their life and being in the medical system and being cared for, we don't do a good job in the medical world of assuring people we're going to help manage manage their illness and manage their death. So there's a lot of things that may have scared him. 
And so, you know, it's unfortunate, it's tragic, it's heartbreaking. And the gift he left us is that we have to start talking about this. Right. You know, I wrote this piece um, that, you know, is just getting wildly circulated. People can find it on my Facebook page about suicide is closer than you think. Because mm. people that I counsel all the time say day one, I've never, you know, I can't believe my loved one died from suicide. I don't know anyone that this has happened to. Then the neighbor admits, well, by the way, I had a suicide. I told you it was cancer. Right, then, right. Then, you know, one of their friends admits their, their loved one was suicided. They had said it was a car accident. And they find out how so many people around them weren't honest. And they actually were surrounded by suicides, but no one talked about it. And David, the same you know, way Kubler I, I, Roth got us talking about death and dying, right. I hope Robin Williams gets us talking about suicide. I agree with you. You know, it was something, a statistic that I saw this week that I had no idea, it shocked the pants off me, is that su- suicides versus homicides in this country. I mean, it, it's it's outrageous. Oh, more suicides. So many more oh, suicides. So many more. And, David, if someone would have interviewed me and said, what is, what, what, is more, what is more prevalent in the United States, suicide or a homicide, I would have said homicides immediately. Right. And most people would say that. Now, of course, from my world... I would have told you I'm seeing so many people dealing with suicide all the time than ever from homicide. I yeah. sort of would have got, you know, I would have known that, but I'm in that position where people are being truthful with me about the suicides. Right, right. But that's it's just amazing. Hey, David, hang in there for a second. We're going we're gonna to be going to a quick break. We're talking with David Kessler. Um, YouCanHealYourHeart.com, the website, YouCanHealYourHeart.com. David Kessler, author of the same book with Louise Hay. And this week, the anniversary edition of two books he did with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on grief and grieving available and life lessons available. You can check them out all over wherever books are sold, of course. We're going to come back and talk about is suicide a selfish move? Is there a bigger picture of suicide than what we're seeing? David Kessler, so great to have him with us. And remember, this show is archived at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. Your friends and family members that missed the live show, tell them. It'll be up for eternity at talkdavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. What do you really want out of life? What would make you really happy? I'm David Essel, author of the new free book, The Power of Focus, yours at talkdavid.com. We're giving away one million copies of The Power of Focus free at talkdavid.com. You deserve your desires. Get your free book, The Power of Focus, today at talkdavid.com. For 21 years, positive talk radio equals David Essel alive. Listen on XM 168 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Office machines and toner are a fact of life in every business. But why pay high dealer prices for your toner cartridges? Call the Toner Kings. They sell all toner cartridges for up to 60% less. The Toner Kings have been in business for over 18 years, and they offer free shipping and a 100% quality guarantee on every purchase. So head online to thetonerkings.com. That's thetonerkings.com. Mention you heard this ad on XM Radio and get an additional 20% off your first toner order.
tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio show. Like us on Facebook and listen to hundreds of inspirational archive shows at talkdavid.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Motivation, David Essel. Coast to coast for the past 24 years, every Saturday evening, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. My guest, David Kessler, one of the top grief experts in the world. Uh, this week, the anniversary editions of two books he did with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on grief and grieving is back and Life Lessons is back. David, uh, we were talking about the suicide of Robin Williams. Uh, many posts on Facebook talking about how people perceive suicide as a loser's way out, a selfish move that hurts the family and friends that have to stay behind. Your thoughts on that? I understand why it has gotten the reputation of being selfish because it is being concerned with oneself and not thinking about how this is going to affect your family. However, if you've been in the presence of a person who is suicidal, they are like someone who has a trailer dropped on their leg. They are just trying to get out of pain. I don't think they really in that moment grasp what it's going to do to everyone in so many ways. Um, or they're just trying to get out of the pain. So I do feel like the whole it's a selfish act doesn't lead us to compassion. It leads us to blame. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of it, as you can hear. <laughs> I can tell. And and then when we look at the other side, is something you mentioned earlier, the bigger picture, the bigger reason. Could it be divinely planned to bring more awareness to the need for, for, for better diagnosis and better treatment? of the addiction and the depression process? You know, it's interesting. People talk about a lot of those things that are, you know, beyond my expertise or human capability about, you know, when we talk about why do people die young, why do horrible tragedies happen? You know, there's a lot of theories that sometimes some souls come here to teach us things. And, boy, I'll tell you, to be a comedian and make us laugh for all those years and then die of suicide... You know, the irony is not lost on any of us. Yeah, right, right, right. That right, is a right. huge teachable moment we have all been left with. Right. You know, the one thing, not not a judgment statement, a factual statement, David, the one thing that I noticed with with Robin Williams and other people that I know that actually I've worked with post-suicidal attempts that did not, they were not successful, um, is that many of these people never have a down moment when they're in public. Um, you know, the performers, the musicians, uh, in Robin's case, I don't know if there's ever been a time that I'd seen him on an interview where he wasn't 100%, um, on and, and, and that has to create an undue amount of stress on the psyche to feel like you always have to be entertaining, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And think about when we're in his presence. What do we want? If you're even on a bus with Robin Williams, a train, a plane, what do you want? You want him to make you laugh. Right. So imagine what that's like. And also, I think about so many famous people I've known who will talk about when they're in people's presence and they're just themselves and human, how they disappoint people when they're not on. And I always say phenomenal people, phenomenal flaws. Yeah, You know, we're all flawed. But when you're the comedian, when you're the singer, we just expect your voice to be amazing all the time. 
Right. And then you see people like Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston who were trying to hit that high note that just wasn't possible anymore. Right. Yeah, our identities get so wrapped up into being X that when we're not X, we go into those states of depression and then we look for the cocaine or the alcohol or the food or the spending or something to bring us back into that constant state of ecstasy, don't we, David? Absolutely, and this is also a wake-up call. I can tell you there's a lot of people going, wow, if Robin Williams, with his fame, with his money, with his resources, couldn't Mm -hmm. make himself better, we need to look at these problems. Yes. The the, the the process of grieving, we've got about three and a half minutes. David, um, I want to talk about the difference between talk therapy as a process to grieve someone's death, suicide, et cetera, and, and talk and a, and a journaling therapy. In other words, if, if do you feel that one is better than the other, that every person who's grieving should use a, a form of writing as well as talking? Give us your expertise on that. Well, I, you know, I, I would say do whatever feels right. If you can do both, I think that's great. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I think about one, there's something primal that we know that grief must be witnessed. So I think mm. there's something powerful to sit in front of another human being and then witness your grief. The other thing is, if you can journal and you can write, it's an amazing exercise to see how you think. And we talk about pain from loss is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Right. And when you can look at your writing, you can see how cruel you're being to yourself, how, what, how unrealistic your expectations are. Would what you just wrote, would you allow a friend to say that to another friend? Probably not. Right. You'd walk up and go, she's in grief. You better talk kind to her. Yes. And yet we talk so horribly to ourselves. The percentage of men versus women that attempt suicide is quite, it's a lot higher with men, isn't it? Absolutely. And after divorce, middle age, you know, we tend to think about young people completing suicide, but mm-hmm. nope, you know, older people are absolutely there doing it. And men maybe don't have those social connections. They don't have a lot of the coping strategies that women have. So we often are a little more lost. And we also Absolutely. don't show it. You know, I always say men and women yeah. grieve so differently. And when men grieve, and 25% of men grieve like women, 25% of women grieve like men. And what happens when a man grieves like a woman? We apologize. Right. I'm so sorry I got emotional. Please forgive me. I'm not usually like that. Right. I didn't mean to cry. I said I wasn't going to cry. I know. Right. Exactly. exactly. Oh, my goodness. David, final 60 seconds. Go ahead and wrap up this concept of suicide and grieving. Well, it's just one more wake-up call. And first of all, I think the medical profession has to do better for people not to feel like suicide is an option for a good death. If you are struggling with thinking it's the end of your life or you have a debilitating illness heading your way, just know there's more options than you know, and we are trying to do a better job. Mental illness, we've got to talk about it. We've got to take the stigma out of it. We've got to share more about this. Talk about your loved one's suicide. We have to feel these things. What we don't feel, we can't heal. And I so thank you for having me on the show, David. By the way, if anyone is interested in learning more about the, uh, the new books, they can go to grief.com, that website about the new books. 
there's also great resources uh, about all kinds of grieving. So I hope people will utilize that as a helpful resource. Oh, absolutely. David Kessler, one of the top grief experts in the world. Visit the site, gang, grief.com. Don't forget to let your friends know, your family that did not get a chance to hear this live, that this very archive show will be up at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight at talkdavid.com for eternity. Uh, David, great to have you back, and I can't wait to do it again. David, always nice to be with you. (laughs) So thrilled to be on the show as always. Love your listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, David. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. David Kessler, author of his newest book, You Can Heal Your Heart, and the two anniversary editions with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on grief and grieving and life lessons. Check all of them out. I just love having that guy on. Uh, Wonderful energy, great insight, depth insight, and grief.com. Go ahead and check that out. Grief.com is the website. Coming up in just a little bit, pain. 27 million people suffer daily from pain. We're going to talk to Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author of the book Real Cause, Real Cure, about methods to remove the pain. Not all pharmaceutical either, gang, to help you to lead a pain-free life or a lessened pain life. All the information on our program is at talkdavid.com. We are here to lift your spirits, your mind, your body, your finances, everything. Glad to have you a part of the show. I'm David Essel. Stay there. wondered why you struggle with money or why creating deep love is so challenging or why losing weight and keeping it off is such a struggle hi i'm iHeartRadio radio host and author david absol for 22 years we have helped thousands of people figure out the why to their life challenges and then create a plan that leads to lifelong success if you're ready contact me at talkdavid.com today our one-on-one sessions are so effective that you will absolutely create the life you desire and programs begin as low as 100 hours one-on-one with me david essel at talkdavid.com dot com.